You're listening to the Christian Music Blog Podcast, Session 17. Welcome to the CMB Podcast, a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for the glory of God. And now your host, Nate Fancher. Hey everyone, welcome to the Christian Music Blog Podcast. If you are a Christian music maker, then this podcast is all about serving and equipping you in your journey as a person of faith who makes music. CMB exists to resource, instruct, inform, and promote you, the Christian musician. So, are you in that category? If you are, then keep listening. Uh, if you're not in that category, maybe you're a, you're a raving music fan, then you're invited to join us as well. Uh, in fact, at the end of today's podcast, I'll tell you all about a gift that I want to give you. Um, it's my way of saying thank you for checking out the podcast. I do want to take a moment to welcome and thank the recent subscribers to CMB. Since the launch of the site on June 15th, we've had a number of new folks joining us, and so thank you and welcome. Um, One thing you'll hear me say a lot, both here on the podcast and at the blog, is that CMB is a community. We are a growing collective of songwriters, artists, and Christian musicians. Uh, And recently, actually, the term CMBite has has been coined, and rightly so. My desire for CMB is for us to be a tribe. Um, we we want to have a like-mindedness about who we are as we discuss the things that resonate with each one of us. Now, of course, this takes time. It takes time to to build a tribe. And it takes time and investment, obviously on my part, but but not just on my part. You also have a role in this. And there are a couple of ways for you to take action in this regard. Number one, join our email list. This is really the heart of the community at this point as we're getting started. And uh, this is not your average newsletter. You are more than an email address on a list with other email addresses. Uh, We do send out a group email in the traditional newsletter fashion each week, but I love corresponding with the folks on this list personally. So I seek to engage you with questions and conversation, and it's also a great place for you to be informed about CMB happenings that we only talk about on the newsletter, as well as a place for you to participate in exclusive giveaways and contests that only happen for email subscribers. So jo- so go join that list and uh, you can do that at christianmusicblog.com. There are places all over the site for you to join the email list, number one. Number two, introduce yourself at our About You page. Head over to christianmusicblog.com forward slash about you and you'll see a blog post with a few questions to get you thinking and, and all that's asked of you is that you say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself and your music and whatever you'd like to share. So Go do that, and we have a number of comments already going on over there. It's been awesome to hear um, from the different folks there. Also, Facebook group and LinkedIn group, we have those available for for those folks who are in those social networks, and I'll leave the links for both of those groups in the show notes for today. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at CMB Podcast. So those would be some places to start. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, and I want to invite you to get engaged even more beyond just listening to the podcast. Also, if you have yet to put your name in the hat for the big launch giveaway, don't miss out on that. If it's your first time listen, uh, if you're if it's your first time hearing about that, um, it's it's a it's the first giveaway that we're doing, and um, what we're doing is we're giving away a two hundred dollar gift certificate to Sweetwater.com. At the time of this recording, there are sixteen days left, so July fifteenth is the last day, and it's just a way for us to get the word out about ChristianMusicBlog.com. And uh, let, me, let me tell you what I would do if I were in your shoes, if I were able to win. Of course, I can't win in my own contest here, but um, here's, here's exactly what I would put my money towards. I would upgrade from Reason 6 to Reason 7. Those of you who know me well, you know that I'm a Reason user. I love Propellerhead software, and that that is a fantastic inspirational tool for recording and making music, Reason. And uh, I have the, the version 6, and they've recently come out with version 7, and I think the upgrade is about 150 bucks. So I would put my money towards that and then still have 50 bucks to spend on something else. So, um, or, And if I didn't have Reason, I'd put it towards maybe Reason Essentials with Balance, which is their interface that goes with that. And I think that's about 400 bucks, but I'd get $200 off. So 
that's just what I would do. You may already have uh, your name in the drawing and you know exactly what you'll get if you win. Or, or maybe right now you're not in the drawing and you know exactly what you'd get uh, and so you're ready to go sign up. So go do that over at christianmusicblog.com and uh, at the top of the page in the header menu, you'll see a link that says Big Launch Giveaway. Sorry if you're listening to this after the 15th of July when the giveaway ends, uh, but don't sweat it. Lord willing, there will be uh, many more great giveaways for you to be a part of in the future. All right, let's get right to it, my friends. Today is the 17th session of the CMB podcast, and we have a treat for you. We have Zach Bolin uh, in the feature segment today, and he is the lead singer of the band Citizens, a band out of the Marcel Church Network in Seattle. We recently had Joe Day on the podcast, who is also a worship leader and songwriter out there, and that's session seven, where we talk about clarity over creativity. I love what's happening with the music of Mars Hill Tooth & Nail Records recently signed an agreement with Mars Hill Music, who is technically the label for the bands and artists of Mars Hill Church, and they've recently uh, released some new music this year that is remarkable. One of those bands is Citizens, with their new self-titled record of 11 songs. They lead worship at Mars Hill Church uh, U District, which for those of you who are unfamiliar with that, is where the University of Washington is located right in Seattle. Um, it's It's a happening place over there. And um, these guys are really pioneering a model of worship ministry that totally resonates with me. And uh, we get into a little bit of that in our conversation. Um, Zach, the band leader, he's an inspiring story. He has um, a great testimony, uh, how music started out for him, and, and I know it will serve you well. So here's my conversation with Zach Bolin of the band Citizens on the 17th session of the CMB Podcast. I'm here with Zach Bolin. Um, he is uh, the lead singer of the band Citizens. He is a part of uh, Marshall Church, the U District, and it's great to have him on the podcast today. Thanks so much, Zach, for, for joining me, man. Absolutely. Glad to do it. So let's start with just uh, you sharing with us uh, the story of how you came to know Jesus and, um, and, and how that's led to where you are today. Yeah, you know, um, I... The, the best way to describe my story is it it ends with the death of one man, or it begins with the death of one man and ends with the death of another. And, you know, the, the death of that first man was my, was my dad when I was five years old or six years old. He died in a car accident. And um, any um, just semblance of, of faith or even just, if you even want to go this far, calling it religion, um, was uh, any of it that was present kind of, I always say, just kind of went with him into his grave, you know? And and so as soon as he died, whatever family faith existed, it kind of left with him. And so for the next couple of years, I really wrestled with a lot of uh, bitterness toward God. Um, I wrestled through a lot of just um, confusion. And so I, I began, as I would hear the gospel being preached, because um, sort of my mom, um, and I think just and the, the sovereignty of God, although she's not a Christian, she knew that my dad would want us to be in church. And so she took us to church every Sunday. And so I was able to hear the gospel in our children's ministry and stuff like that at a young age. And I began, though, I think just Satan was just sort of manipulating this truth. And I began to hear the gospel more as uh, rather than Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life to the Father or access to the Father. It was uh, Jesus is my one access to my earthly father. 
And so I started viewing, um, I began, so I, I remember like in children's church one Sunday, like, yeah, I want to be a Christian, you know, because I want to be with my dad. Um, it was not, it had nothing to do with, it, every, it had everything to do with not wanting to be separated from my earthly father, as opposed to <laughs> much bigger than that separation from God, the father. And so I, um, man, I, that I wasn't saved, so I, I began just I continued on in that rebellion against just who God was and and worshiping a dead man, uh, developing a lot more idols, just getting further into as I got into my teen years, lust and a lot of anger and bitterness and resentment. And I remember the day that I barely ever went to my dad's grave, but I'm, and for some reason when I was around fourteen, I may have been fifteen. I always forget how old I actually was, but sometime in ninth grade. I remember going with my mom to my dad's grave and uh, get out of the car and I just began just like sobbing, like uncontrollably. And I hadn't done that in like a very, very long time over that. And to be honest, whenever I did get upset growing up, it always, always went back to my dad somehow of like just feeling like, you know, uh, if my dad was here, I wouldn't be having these these problems or whatever was going on. So anyway um get get out of the car i just began just crying and crying and crying and and my mom is standing there and she's looking at me and i think what she thinks is he's just like grieving uh the loss of his dad you know some you know this these 8 years later and i i, I was but even more than that what i was grieving was the loss of of just the holy spirit for the first time in my life it was like i hadn't it was it just finally hit with the reality my dad is dead living for him is bringing me nothing i haven't i have zero hope zero peace i find i'm constantly just anxious about life like something is wrong the holy spirit just revealed to me in that moment like no <laughs> you are meant to worship jesus and you are meant to worship your your um your father in heaven your godly father um and immediately my perspective was changed. And so that's why I say it began with the death of one man and it ended with the death of another. And that was the death of, of, of really of, of, of who I was. And so it was allowing that old nature and, and just God to completely take that and transform me and allow me to become a new creation with a new identity and a new understanding of who I was in Christ and who I was meant to be pursuing. And honestly, it's pretty amazing because from that point, like, it really is. It's just like, I'll never forget. It's like the Holy Spirit just in that moment just crushed that idol that was so big in my life. And and really, from from that point forward, my perspective and, and continues to be, I love my dad. I miss my dad. But I know who... Um, I know who I have given my life to, essentially, and that's that's to to love and serve Jesus. That I've been brought I've been brought out of death and into life because of Jesus. I have access to God the Father because of Jesus. And honestly, like that perspective has totally sh- even shaped. And I'm I'm grateful for this. It, it's it's helped me see even more clearly the way to to be. Uh, just not only a disciple, but a, a good husband and a and a, a father to my kids, and um, even a leader within the church. And so, um, definitely, that journey was was a tough one. But God has just produced a ton of joy out of the midst of having the um, of Him just revealing Himself to me at the the grave of my of my dad. Hmm. Wow, that's awesome. So, were, were you musical? I mean, during that time, were you writing songs? Was that one way that you expressed some of these things going on in your soul before even up to that point or or did the music happen after all of that yeah i mean i was always i was always into music and actually i think right after he died i started like taking piano lessons and i was really interested in writing music it was all very bad (laughs) and it was all uh yeah i'd say that for most of my life all my life i mean for a lot of musicians music has always just been a really good therapy if you will and Um, and so I don't think I had really developed the, I don't know, the intellect or the, I don't know that I'd written a whole lot about just like that grieving process or even just what I went through until after once I kind of had this new, uh, redeemed perspective of, of just 
my relationship to my earthly dad um, as opposed to my relationship to um, a better relationship with God the Father. And so, but it definitely was a part of a part of me even up to that point. So music. Yeah. So um, at what point did you begin to, in the church, feel a call to ministry and um, and then music, how that was connected to that? Yeah, I mean, so I guess right around that time, I really started getting into just playing guitar and stuff like that. And so, um, I don't know, like, again, province of God, like, I definitely, like, was interested in girls and listened to, unfortunately, emo music and... <laughs> you know metal music or whatever and, and all that kind of stuff but somehow in the midst of it god just showed me like of course i was playing guitar and i was like i want to start a band and for me music I, I just knew that i wanted to write music for jesus and i wanted to play music in the church and and so i did that and i served the church and it was kind of a bad experience the whole thing because i wasn't a part of a very good church but there was definitely some good community that came out of it even out of the midst of some of the bad stuff that was going on and um yeah, I'd say like as I went on and went on to college and that's when I really got more of a, a a better foundational understanding of what it looked like to serve the church and and write music for Jesus and actually do it in a way that's edifying to the body. Um, because up to that point, I was just kind of doing my own thing. I had no one leading me, no one giving me direction. And so it was all bad and it was probably, um, I don't know, I probably need to repent of a lot of really bad leadership back then when I was 16. But um you know, it's kind of one of those things where, um, man, just God taking me into a new location, going off to college in Georgia, a part of a different church. Um, I was able to really be developed there and, and learn what it looks like to, to lead people in the worship of Jesus through song. So fast forward a few years later, I, I guess, I, I'm sure that's a longer story as it usually is for most of us, but um, yeah, totally. you're, you're, you're lead singer of Citizens. You guys just released your, your first full-length album. And um, really, really loving it. Been listening to it a lot lately. And um, would love to hear a little bit about your process of how, how the songs uh, were written on this particular record. And uh, and then maybe you can touch on just your, your songwriting process in general as a writer. Totally, man. Um, you know, uh, just one of the things with the way that Mars Hill as a church is the way that we operate is we operate with a band model. And so... Um, every church has um, has at least one band. Of the, we have 14 churches. Um, every ch- church has at least one band, but most of them have multiple bands. And so, um, yeah, Citizens is a band that's a part of Marshall U District. Uh, I'm I'm the worship director at Marshall U District, but the rest of the guys are volunteering. They're serving, and so. Um, man, we just started getting together and writing music and developing songs and arranging, and that's kind of how the first EP came out. And then with the full length, uh, it was really just a continuation of that creative process. And so, um, in particular, on a lot of the the hymn arrangements on the on the album, like um, "In Tenderness" or "I Surrender All," "Praise the Lord." Um, all those hymns were arranged as a band collectively. And what it was was <laughs> because there was a season when um, like I said, every church has their own band, but there was a season um, where we just didn't have any other bands. So we were having to lead like every single week. So, and we didn't have a whole lot of songs. So, for instance, Praise of the Lord is an example where we show up at rehearsal one night and it's like, oh man, we need to write some songs. And man, just the Holy Spirit was just really had us unified and together and we were able to, to arrange for instance, that arrangement that night um, in preparation for Sunday, which is pretty insane um, that the creative process just happened like that. Mm. And I, I am just constantly reminded of how blessed I've been to have four other guys just come into um, the band that, that love Jesus and are talented. They know their identity is in Jesus. It's not in becoming an amazing musician. And so once that's out of the way and you see that the gospel is the is the greatest, the greatest thing that we could be communicating. Um, we, you have a healthier perspective, and so the music that you write is more is is seen more as an underscore than as some sort of competition with the con- with the actual lyric content, which is the gospel. And so, as we continued to write, um, you know, the arrangements for the album that was sort of a collaborative idea. But then it was like, okay, uh, and to give a little backstory, a lot of people don't even know this. Um, 
when they when John Dunn, who's the Marshall Music director, he's like the A and R guy of all Marshall Music, especially the label. He came to me. He's like, "Hey, what do you think about making an album?" And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." He's like, "What do you think about doing it in a month?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's not awesome." Oh, so because wow. I didn't have any, I didn't have a whole lot of songs, and so that process was a, a way more intense. So I just began writing songs like. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the first ones. Like Sins of My Youth was like one of the first ones. I just, all right, got to write some songs. I went home, started working on that song, eventually Made Alive came together, which was a whole other song, but then it came out to be Made Alive. And and all these songs started to come together. So in order to fast track the whole process, I basically got the band together for a couple of nights and we just went through each of these songs that I'd been writing. And we just sat in the church and we just arranged them and worked on parts and and different stuff like that and, and basically wrote the music of the songs while I continued to write the lyrics and the melodies and kind of brought those together so that by the time we got to the studio, we had some foundational ideas. But even when we got in the studio, um, the band just continued to contribute creatively and bring ideas together. And so um, because the process happened so quickly, we didn't get to get the full um, benefit that we've had in the past of where we were able to arrange a song like Praise of the Lord or Amazing Grace or Nothing But the Blood from the ground up all together as one. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, just the Holy Spirit was just, again, kept us unified and we were able to write some songs that I think have been able to serve the church well. And one of the things we prayed right before we started work on the album is that the Holy Spirit would allow us to do things that we weren't capable of doing. And I think he's done that. And I think he continues to do that through just these songs. And so it's a lot more freeing to be like, to say the Holy Spirit wrote these songs, or and rather than us trying to claim them as our own. Mm. So, wow, that's cool. So, so you actually were able to to get everything done in that month's time. Absolutely, yeah. It's it was an intense, an intense. It, it, and so, I mean, the record we recorded over the course of three months, but up until we did pre production, it was it was a month. So it was intense. It was crazy, but wouldn't I don't know. Looking back on it. It's obviously the way that God intended it to to go, and He provided it all, and it was cool. So. Yeah, I know a lot of writers who 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 strongly uh, suggest just having some sort of project as as a as a way to put pressure on yourself to write because yep. it's, it's hard to write just sort of without any goal in mind. But um, along those lines, maybe there are things in your own day-to-day life that you do as a writer or, or are there, or are you pretty busy doing ministry stuff now? I, I've noticed uh, on the Marcel page at, at or marcel.com slash music, you have a little bio there and it talks a little bit about the band and it says Deacon Zach Bolin. I didn't know if it was like a typo or whatever. Are, are you a deacon or a pastor? How does that work out? Maybe you can speak yeah, to that a little bit. I mean, basically, um, you know, the, the, the local church is my primary ministry. And so I'm a deacon, um, you know, the worship director, worship deacon, um, in the process of becoming an elder here at the U district. Um, and that honestly, really what that comes down to is, um, is that's just stemmed out of a love for, for this church and wanting to serve this church. And I'm really, really grateful for all that God's done through citizens and that he continues to do. But uh, the band is even unified with me in this as well, is that our our primary ministry is is the or the, the primary people that we're ministering to is the people um, in the U district. And so for us, like we we just really feel convicted about having just sort of this laser focused vision on the people that exist in our community. And God continues to sort of like expand that. But I think that part of faithfulness for us looks like still staying laser focused on that ministry because as soon as we take our eyes off of that and we try and like go after a bigger a bigger pool of people i think we start losing who we are because what we are is we're we're a worship band and we're a part of a local church and that's if we don't remain um centered on that then all of a sudden we begin writing music and and doing things out of a out of a man I don't want to call, I don't know where your heart could go. It could go to a number of places. I know for me, I think if I were to take my eyes off the local church, I think it would turn into a lot of idolatry and just making the focus of um, the band become um, more of a a platform builder than it is a ministry, which I think is why it's so important to keep the local church 
at the forefront. That's what Jesus called us to. The reason why I think that the album is seeing success is because it's we're leading our local church with that music and we're worshiping the same God. And so I think God is just taking what's happening here in the U district and just using it in a bunch of churches all over really the world. And that's, that's an amazing opportunity. And honestly, just to shoot straight too, you know, that's something I really feel passionate about with to, and other martial music guys too. Um, and leading the charge in is just calling other guys who are, great songwriters and, and great worship leaders but aren't don't have their feet firmly planted at a local church and and that's such a, a vital thing like if we're not connected to the body then we don't really know who we're leading and um, I mean we've seen it time and time again where God will use will bless something and he'll use something and then you find out in the midst of it man there's some crazy moral failure in a leader or there's just there was no accountability there was no community they weren't walking the light and I think that um, that just goes to show the grace of God that he could that he continues to use broken men and women um, to reflect his his glory. But at the same time, our um, we don't. Why should we even go in that direction if we know if we if we've seen the pitfalls? Our calling is to stay focused on the on the mission, and that's to be here at the U District. It's awesome, man. Oh, I think it's very refreshing too, just to to see a, a, a model of what the diaconate ministry really is, which is at the heart of it, it's serving. And uh, it's clear that you have a heart to serve the church. I think that's really, really awesome. And to serve the elders, to serve the, the, the the ones leading the, the church and, 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 and uh, providing vision and, and kind of saying, all right, here's the mission, here's where we're going. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously, you know, there's really in scripture, I guess, there's not much difference between the the qualifications uh, of a deacon and an elder, you know. It's there's not, yeah. yeah. Um, the teaching thing, I guess, is the yeah. main one. And then, yep. um, but if that's in your heart, that the Lord's just going to lead you right to that anyway. So totally, how totally, cool! I, I think that is awesome. Well, I'd love to touch base. I know I realized my question for you had like five questions in it. So <laughs> um, I'd love to actually go back to the songwriting thing. Um, in particular, I was actually listening the other day to "Living in a Land of Death." I think mm-hmm. that's track five or, or something on on the new record. Um, I love the end. There's just this emotive response, uh, kind of just going hand in hand with the lyrics. You just kind of go. I don't know what the word would be, but I love just where that song led to the end of the song. You know, the arrangement and everything. Would love to hear the story behind the song as well. Just kind of how that was written, and um, I mean. I guess it was in the middle of uh, a lot of pressure during this month's time of trying to get it all out. But uh, yeah, but I love that song, man. Really good. I mean, you know, I think a lot of the the motivation for us was like, so the way that song kind of came together was Brian and I were sitting here and um, I'm actually trying to pull something up here. Brian and I were, I was, I had this chorus that came from, um, from Psalm 19 that basically where it it talks about just how the word of the lord is more precious than gold it's sweeter than you know than the the sweetest drippings of honey it's and and that's when i read that i was just like yes okay we're talking um you know a lot of people will <laughs> i don't know a lot of movements going on where it's like oh let's you know let's forget about the law. It's all grace, 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 but it's the law gospel. You know, it's the law, um, is still, we've been liberated from the law through Jesus because he was the only one that could actually, uh, achieve what the law demanded. And that was perfection. But that doesn't mean that the word of God all of a sudden just becomes inactive. You know, it's still just as active. And so we're reading this and I'm, I have this chorus and then Brian's like, wait a second. Sorry, I should back up here. Brian Eichelberger, he is the was the producer of the album. He is also the lead singer of the band, The Sing Team. Um, he is an incredible songwriter, incredible producer, incredible musician, and an amazing disciple of Jesus. Love the man so much. He's a great guy. And so we're working on the song together. And he's like, man, I, I actually I have this these verses that I wrote a long time ago. And I never could figure out a chorus. And I think it would work. And he sat down, started playing the verse. Um, you know, I'm I'm living in a land of death. He's going through it. And then he gets out of the pre-chorus and right into singing the chorus that I had written. And we're just like, whoa, something weird just happened here. 
it's like these songs were meant to to be together and it's so cool how the holy spirit brought those two together and um and we just kind of and it what was amazing was that you know as i was reading psalm 19 i was what i was seeing was in the midst of out of destruction and out of decay we have something that we can actually hold on to you know we have something that that's actually tangible and that's jesus that's 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 the word um that we actually get to use as sort of this offensive weapon against the enemy and against death destruction and darkness and then he had the, this verse that kind of communicated very similar things. And it was just amazing how the Holy Spirit brought them together. And then as you go through the song, you get to the end. And that we just wrote together. And it was literally him sitting at the piano. And I'm kind of a pacer in an odd way. I don't know why. My wife makes fun of me all the time because I can't talk on the phone without walking. I don't know. I think <laughs> other guys may do that too. But can't sit still. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, and we, so we just sat in there and I, we just were like, just going back and forth on the kingdoms of men will all decay, the ruins of progress lay in their graves, like all these different things where, um, or the gods of greed lay in their grave, all these different things where we just started going after and going after and just riffing on, okay, I'm in the midst of this dark, dark tunnel and I'm walking toward the glory of God. And out of the midst of this darkness, I see this small light. And as I get closer and closer and closer to it, that light just becomes more and more glorious and more and more bright to the point where the darkness and the decay and the destruction is just gone. And all my eyes can see is Jesus. And I think that sums up, that sums up in such a, a very, very simple way what it looks like for us to to walk on this earth as a Christian is because we, although we've been saved and we've been reconciled to Jesus and we have this uh, future hope in him, we also exist in a fallen world still. And we're also susceptible to sin. And so it's, and so we have an enemy that even more is, is prowling at us even more now, because now we, you know, now for me, I'm a husband and I'm a father and he wants to destroy my family. He doesn't want my kids to know Jesus. He he doesn't want the church to prevail. He doesn't want people to hear the gospel. And so he doesn't want people to hear the gospel through music. And so all these different things, and it's we've got all these, and, and there's a million other um, other things that, that you could put in that place of, of things that we would consider to be darkness that surround us. But I think what's amazing is the Holy Spirit gives us the ability through the word of God um, to be able to have our eyes fixed on Jesus and literally maybe see these things in our peripheral view, but our eyes still are just focused on Jesus and set on just wanting to reflect his glory. Yeah, I love just the crescendo. It's just it's just one awesome crescendo, basically. And like you described, you know, just the tunnel thing and the light. That's clearly, that's part of the lyrics too, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, one of the things you said there was hearing the gospel through music, and um, I know that's certainly a major, well, that is the value of of, of citizens and uh, yep. what you guys are doing. You've already kind of talked about how you're um, you're a part of Mars Hill Church, and and that being the the context that you're you're serving in, and where your passions are uh, there in the U District. Um, can you talk a little bit about the tensions of? Um, you know, the, being outward, being an, a weekend band every week, and some of those things that you might face um, practically, logistically, how that all works out. And uh, and then now, obviously, you guys are, are signed. Well, I, I think it's Mars Hill that's signed, or is it Citizens? Because I, I, I know Ghost Ship just came out with their record, too. Yeah, I mean, with we, as, as Mars Hill Music, we are signed to Tooth & Nail as a label. Yeah. They were promoted as individual bands, but we're all under the Mars right. Hill Music. So, so does that mean that you're going to tour and do all of that? And how will that fit into your weekly yep. schedule and all of that? I think yeah. a lot of, I know a lot of artists would love to hear how, how you make that work, you know? Yeah, and I mean, you know, honestly, for us, um, this has been a hot topic because... Um, we have had a lot of opportunities to go and do stuff and we've had to turn a lot of things down. Um, and the reason is because, um, the local church is just, is our primary ministry and we're really, really thrilled to get other opportunities. And so we've had the opportunity, um, to lead at, um, conferences and festivals. And, uh, you know, we had the opportunity just last week to lead at Rick Warren's church at Saddleback and, and, you know, which is, 
a cool opportunity again, like, you know, to, to be able to worship with the, the body of Christ in a different location, slightly, even, even slightly different views that differ from even Mars Hill, but still able to worship Jesus. And, and so I think that was a, a great opportunity. And so we're going to take those opportunities. Um, I think that a tour, um, or anything long-term as alluring as that is, because we do want to, we just, we know we've seen the power of, of the gospel being proclaimed through song. Um, and we, many people would attest to that just, um, just the trend, not the music itself, but when, when the word of God and when the, the good news is combined with, with song, it just has this amazing power to get to the, the hearts of, of, of a lot of people that you wouldn't even be able to get to in just a conversation or through a sermon. And so I think there's a lot of power in that. And so we would love to tour. We'd love to do those things. Um, but if it would have to be, um, we'd have to have the local church set up for a win first. And right now, um, you know, where I'm at, the local church set up for a win is, is making sure that we're here as much as possible, serving and loving these people that he's called us to. And so um, we try and as much as possible avoid weekends and we'll do the weekday stuff. But um, we want to we want to remain faithful to that. One last question before before we wrap it up here. Um, how would you encourage local church musicians? Maybe they are listening to this and they really have a heart to to possibly start a band or, or, or just get something going in their church. But um and 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 may even wrestle with the tensions of, you know, the local church weekend thing and then also the reality of having to go play gigs and all that kind of stuff. You know, maybe someone who's not um given the opportunities to actually even lead as worship leaders. I'm mm-hmm. kind of imagining um a scenario where there might be uh, other musicians in a church and they really feel called to do that. What would you suggest they do? Um, where, where should they start? Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you have to know, well, I mean, it really starts, man. Okay. So I think there's a lot of, uh, sin that happens in the church when it comes to music because people are very, it's kind of like they don't have the laser focused vision for their actual local church. And so they don't know their context. And so instead they try and go super broad and they wind up not hitting anybody. And it winds up being super watered down both musically and um, theologically. And that's, that's, that's just horrible. I mean, you know, like that, that does not help the church at any, in any way that may help you, but that does not help the church at large. And that doesn't. And I think the other issue too, is we have to stop looking at now. And we have to start looking at the future because we're trying, we're, we, we're looking at the, the next generations as well. And so we want to have an impact on them. We don't want to be a movement that they just make fun of. <laughs> we want to be disciples of Jesus that, that create and, are true to who God has, has made us. And so I think for any musician in the local church that is feeling this tension of like, hey, I want to serve the church with the gifts that God's given me, but I also feel um, a, a pull to, to be on mission um, and more of like a whatever you want to call it, secular band, if you will. Mm-hmm. I kind of hate using that language, but whatever. For the, Just to be specific, like, yeah, more of a secular band. Um, what I would say is this is, I think that if you're, if you know your place and you know your identity in Jesus, um, I think that, you know, it's, um, you know, it's like Paul talked about. It's like, you know, we become sort of, um, we surrender certain things in order to, to, to win over certain brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, and, and, and for some, it may be what we eat. It's, it's always some sort of preference. And so what we can't do, though, is we can't sacrifice the message. Like the method may change, but the message can never be sacrificed. It can't be changed. And I think what's important as musicians, and I would say this, is I think if you're faithful to, to serving in the local church and, and pouring everything you have into writing great music and writing great songs that serves the, the body well, that you will wind up getting opportunities that you never imagined uh, to be able to, Actually, 
you may even get a bigger platform than you ever would have just going off and doing your own thing and just trying to be a Christian and a non-Christian movement um, or, or scene or, or genre of music. I, to give an example, like um, last uh, fall, we played, we opened up for Emory at a local bar um, here in, in Seattle. And it was awesome because there was a no reentry. <laughs> So they had to stay in there, but we probably said the name of Jesus 60 times. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, when I was going into it, I really like was like these thoughts were going to my head like, man, should we just not say Jesus? Should we just like maybe just like just try and like do it in a more subtle way so that we actually are able to build like some sort of influence with them and and an opportunity for connection with them. And it was just like somewhere in that moment, the Holy Spirit just was like really clear, like, no, like you've been doing what you said you wanted to do. You wanted to be missional. You wanted to be focused on your context. Here's an opportunity right in Seattle to go and proclaim the gospel, to go proclaim the name of Jesus. And we just went for it. And it was a really cool thing. And I think a lot of people, because the music was, again, we knew our identity, we knew our place. And so I think that you know, like, again, I'm boasting what the Holy Spirit has done, but I think he's allowed us to write some really, like, great music that can fit in a lot of different contexts or genres. Um, I think because of that, people didn't hear it as this. Um, they weren't immediately turned off by it. They were actually, we had an opportunity to actually, like, plant some seeds and an opportunity to to build some relationships. And the, and the reality of it, too, is the gospel is confrontational and it's offensive, so not everyone's going to like it. Um, a lot of people aren't going to like it, but we want to be faithful to that. And so I would say like the big tension is, is really, what do you, what is God, how is God calling you to be on mission? And it may not be within, um, it may not be that specific to play in a worship band or something like that as a musician, but I would say too, I mean, why not? Why not make that your primary thing and make everything else secondary? Because the, the bride of Christ is, I mean, that community is everything to us. I mean, just talking about this last night with some dudes, you know, you look at Acts 2 and you see where, I mean, they were, the early church, I mean, they were breaking bread together every single day. Like, that was the church every single day. And I think that if that's what they were devoting their lives to, um, and they were, a lot of them, eyewitnesses to Jesus, then we should be doing the same thing. Like we should be representing the church in a very similar way. Like we should be the church on a daily basis. That should be our primary ministry, not some side thing that we think is going to build us some platform. And I think when we do that, we could still get great platforms going the the other route too. I mean, I think about Dustin Kensrue, who's here at Mars Hill. I mean, he did that in an amazing way through Thrice and just writing about the gospel and Jesus and ways that people never even heard before and didn't even realize they were hearing that and he's got story after story of people just hearing that truth and and um i think there's a lot of opportunity there i know that's a long-winded answer but i think that we need to make the church or we need to love the 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 broad yeah i think you know part of the reason i asked that question is because i think there there seems to be a lot of conversation out there about that that those tensions and i'm wondering if if they even really should exist to begin with because if you have like you're saying, local church is God's plan A. There is no other plan that God uses in, in the world. And so if if folks have a hyper-focus like you're talking about to serve their church, to serve their community, then that should mean also that they are going to be you know outside the four walls of the church. And yeah. so there, there's almost like, a, I don't know, there's almost like a false dichotomy about that. Does, it, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I just, and I think that's. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I just I think it's important for us to kind of talk about that and kind of bring clarity because, at the same time, it's not to say that we're saying you know you just should go downtown and, and throw up a, a a stage and start playing top forty worship songs. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know any other way to explain it, but it's like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, that's the, I guess the other thing too is, I mean, and people use this a lot and they talk about it a lot, but then they don't really do anything about it because they'll say things like, oh man, you know, 500 years ago, the church was, you know, at the cusp of, of everything new. They were, you know, the they were the ones producing music and art and they were the ones uh, on the forefront of, of education and medicine. And, and I'm like, man, that's awesome. And that's true. 
And why can't we get back to that place? Well, the only way we're going to get back to that place is if people just see that, yeah, like you said, the church is always Jesus' plan A. It was always that was what he was going to use to to um, to make his to make his name known through the local church, through the local body. And so I think that if more people started seeing it that way, it doesn't mean that we're going to get tons of favor because we probably won't. We'll be more hated. The world, I mean, that's just the reality. But it does mean, though, that, I mean, there's still plenty and plenty and plenty and plenty of people that are just waiting to hear the gospel, are just so close to Jesus, to, to salvation. And it just requires some faithfulness from some men and women that are willing to to put their idea of success aside and see that success, true success is found in the ministry and work of Jesus. Mm, that's awesome. Very cool. Well, hey, thanks again, Zach, for being a part totally. of the podcast, man. It's, I feel like I, I, I could probably pick your brain and we could talk about a lot of this stuff for a long time, but I want to be sensitive <laughs> to your time and stuff. So uh, where would you um, direct people to find out more about citizens, about Mars Hill online? Where would you point them? Yeah, I mean, uh, to, I recommend going to, to check out all the other Marcel bands. You can go to marcel.com backslash music, and you'll find, oh, man, probably close to 14 um, full lengths and EPs that you could just listen to online. We have a great app to be able to listen to other bands. For Citizens, you can check follow us on Twitter, MHM. So it's just the abbreviation for Marcel Music, MHM underscore Citizens. Um, you can also find us on Facebook. We love being able to connect. And then, um, yeah, just, you know, um, my encouragement to anybody is we always love hearing stories of people that are using the songs in the church and how it's blessing their congregation. Like, we just encourage people to constantly share that because it's a huge it's a huge thing for us to be able to see that and know how the Holy Spirit is using that music through um, just through other local churches. Mm. Well, I think you guys are, are definitely a great example of, of uh, for the for the local church across the board for churches everywhere just to to make disciples and plant churches i know that's the the vision and mission of mars hill absolutely and um, for music for for there to be a soundtrack for that i think mars hill is definitely leading the way there as well so thanks again zach absolutely thanks tony appreciate it man So I want to try and do something a little different in this episode. There were a lot of important things from that conversation that I believe could be turned into action items for you to go and do. So I don't want CMB to only be a space on the web for ideas and good conversation. I want to challenge us to take action and to be doers. So to wrap up today's episode, I want to highlight a couple of things for us to discuss in the comments for today's show notes, and it will give you a chance to win a copy of the New Citizens record. So head over to christianmusicblog.com forward slash session 17. You'll see the post and the show notes for this episode. And in the comments, I, I want you to give short answers to the following two questions. Number one, Zach talked about how they had a month to write and record the music um, for their album. And this has actually come up on, on the podcast before, project-based songwriting. So here's the question. What project with a deadline are you planning for your music this year? doesn't have to be a full-length album. It could be an EP or even just a professionally produced single or, or maybe just an event at your church that might need a special song for it. I don't know. But maybe you have something in mind. And uh, I believe that putting your goals down in writing, by the way, you're probably more likely to reach them if you do that. So share that with us in the comments. That's number one. What project with a deadline are you planning for your music this year? Number two, we talked quite a bit about Zach's passion for the people of the U District in Seattle and how that's reflected in his heart to serve in his local church. And so here's the question. In what ways does your heart beat for your local church? It could be musical or not. It could be anything. Tell us the ways your own heart beats with passion for the people of God that are placed right around you where you live, okay? What do you love about your church? How are you called to serve them? So those two things. Number one, what project or deadline for your music this year? And number two, in what ways does your heart beat for your local church? Answer those questions in the comments of the podcast episode, and I'll read through them, and uh, you'll be entered into a drawing for the new Citizens album 
And uh, yeah, you'll definitely want to win that. So go over to christianmusicblog.com forward slash session 17 to uh, participate in that. You know, one thing that was said in the conversation, I, I believe it was near the end there, is, is that true success is found in the ministry and work of Jesus Christ. If, if your identity is in Christ, then your definition of success changes. And I believe it sets you free, actually, to create great music for the glory of God. You're not thinking about your fame or, or the praise of men or monetary wealth, you know, all the things that often get associated with, quote-unquote, success. The way of God's kingdom is completely opposite of the way of this world. The way up is down. The greatest is the least. The last will be first. Stop trying to be famous, and, and maybe you'll get famous. Humble yourself, and you'll be exalted. And, and, and what's your motive? Is it just to be exalted? You know, you have to ask yourself that. God knows your heart. God knows your motive. Is it for the fame of Jesus? If so, I believe you'll understand the true meaning of success. So I just wanted to leave you with that. Okay, folks, that's it for episode number 17. Thanks so much for listening. As I said in the beginning, I want to give you a gift for checking out this podcast. The fact that you're listening to this, um, what, what are we now, at 50, yeah, 50 minutes later? That's awesome. If you're still with me up to this point, I want to say thank you. And I want to give you a gift. So go over to freemusicgift.com and you'll see two gifts that I have for you. Um, one to serve you in your music enjoyment and one in your music making. That's at freemusicgift.com. Com. Also, don't forget about the Big Launch Giveaway. We have 16 days left from the release of this podcast. Um, it's Friday when this comes out. 16 days. July 15th is the last day. Head over to christianmusicblog.com forward slash big launch giveaway. And that's your chance to win a $200 gift certificate to sweetwater.com. So don't miss out on that. You guys are awesome. I uh, look forward to getting your emails and continuing to talk with you. We'll see you here next week on the CMB Podcast. Later. Thank you for listening to the CMB Podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.